Right. Hey, everybody. This is Four Transplants and a Microphone. We are again broadcasting today from the Fox and the Hound in North Lake, just outside of Charlotte. Part of Charlotte. Why am I saying outside of? But at any rate, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Just to give you guys an idea of what we do on this show, we are obviously four folks from outside of Charlotte that have moved here, made a life here. And we're here to educate those that either are moving towards Charlotte or have recently moved and just getting acclimated. So, uh, we'll talk about a lot of random things, mix some business in there sometimes, but to start us off, uh, why don't we go around and introduce ourselves, let the viewers, listeners uh, know who we are, and if you're viewing us, you're way ahead of us, but listeners <laughs> know who we are, and uh, just a little bit about what we do. Russell Hughes from Hughes Realty Advisors. We are middle market commercial real estate broker specialists. We bring Fortune 100 experience to the middle market. Excellent. Jack Tompkins from Pineapple Consulting Firm, helping small businesses be data-driven. Brandon Navinia with Superior Data Solutions. We're a full-service IT company and service provider. And Brian Johnson. I am the owner of Maine and Johnson. We are a business coaching and consulting company, working to accelerate you getting to your success. So, all right, guys, what's on your minds? What's the topic today? So we were talking business. All right. And obviously, all four of us being business owners, it's a good business environment in Charlotte. Small business aside, though, there's a whole lot of big companies moving to Charlotte in the past year, pandemic included, honestly. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. There was just an announcement of, uh, of another firm coming into uh, a place called Chester County or Lancaster County. No, it's Chester County, just south of here in South Carolina. For those people who don't realize it, uh, Charlotte is hard on the South Carolina border. Uh, so five minutes south of, of Ballantyne, you're in South Carolina. We consider it part of the metro area, but there's been amazing from sealed air up in the university area and uh, ally just a lot of the local companies have expanded uh, their footprints dramatically so i think at some point we talked about 109.325 people moving here 326 excuse me people moving here per day uh the 0.326 part we have not been able to track down a medical professional and explain that part to us. We're working on it. We're working on it for our audience. There are tons of people moving here and new businesses who are looking for great employees are, are moving here as well. Yeah. Lowe's just put in a huge new, it's yep. like a techie data type yep. hub in South End. Uh, Shutterfly's got a huge thing here. Truist, which is BBT and SunTrust, they merged last year, maybe 2019. Their headquarters is now Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, Vanguard is a huge headquarters here. A bunch of insurance, too. It's, I think it's like the number three financial city in the country. Two. It's, number two. Yeah. Behind, right behind New York. There you go. Okay. But yeah, with every huge company that moves here, there are 20 small businesses that start and... Four breweries. And four breweries. <laughs> six <laughs> apartment complexes. <laughs> 200 millennials. And a partridge and a pear tree. That's right. <laughs> But it does. It brings a lot of jobs. And obviously us as small business owners, it's, it's good to see more people. It's more opportunity for us, more partnerships, all the good stuff. Yeah. If it could just bring more homes with it, too. But uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's a land. It's challenging. I, I think the average time on market is, is inside 24 hours at this point, yeah, uh, which is crazy. On a, on a personal note, if you haven't heard the, uh, the Camping and Tacos episode, go listen to it. But if you happen to be a restaurateur or a chef or someone with really excellent foodie skills, we would consider it a personal favor if you'd move to Charlotte and open a really kick-ass restaurant, possibly something you could patronize in flip-flops on a weekend. Or if you are that in Charlotte, 
let us know. We'll yeah. bring on the show. Yeah. We'll I, put fish yeah. tacos to bring. I, I think the test. great thing is we all want the outcome to be. We want great restaurants here. If they're already here, we need to know about them. If yes. they're not here, we want them to come here because we all clearly like to eat. So. Yes. Uh, Charlotte's a huge brewery town, which we talked about in the Camping and Tacos episode. But it's also when you eat, you drink, and when you drink, you eat. It's mm-hmm. People love going out and just doing stuff like that. And I think as we we're talking business and tying this back in and, and the brewery aspect, I, I think one of the cool things with how the breweries are popping up is they're not just, hey, come sit and have a drink. There are a lot of places where it's like, hey, have your event here, have your networking event mm-hmm. here. And there's a lot of that. So for business owners that come down, there's a lot of social networking that seems really popular in Charlotte. Not just relegated to the city of Charlotte, but but all the surrounding areas. Um, yeah, John Marino's the, the, the granddaddy or the, the godfather of, of the microbrewery and they started Old Mac Brewery and then they bought that property where they're where they are right now and really john wanted to go with the austrian beer model with the three ingredients and the beer garden was a part of that and it really set the tone for everybody else to to have to follow along but it, it is it's neat you can get some of the best food in town actually is why am i blanking on the brewery over in noda i'm looking at jack by the way in case anybody wonders whenever we have a millennial heist it is heist yeah, yeah they've yeah. got a they've got a decent really decent menu great yeah. brunch mm-hmm. um, and, and as we're talking about advancement, and this is probably a little premature, but we're recording, so by the time this gets out, who knows? But OMB's new location? Oh, yeah, up, up the lake. Is it Huntersville? No, I it actually, Cornelius? not positive if it's 100%, but one of the places, it's west, so it's uh, just outside of Mount Holly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Are they there? That's right, because they were looking in Cornelius and they couldn't get the city of Cornelius to play ball because Cornelius is notoriously <laughs> challenging. Way of putting it. For me, living over there, right. they also just had a new brewery move in uh, right mm-hmm. on Main Street. There's so is already, that going to be the River That's project? a third one. So yeah. the River Project that they've got, there's uh, Firehawk Brewing. They got their funding and they're taking over an old firehouse. So there's going to nice. go from zero breweries in that area to now all of a sudden three. In case anybody's wondering, we'll be recording the next podcast yeah. around Holly, <laughs> yeah, right. which would be great. So it's uh, you'll drive two hours to get yeah, there. Right. Right. Oh, no. I'll I mean, take a plane. Yeah, I was going to say, we're only about 12 minutes from the airport, so that's nice. Too, <laughs> nice. So. nice. I'll just get a private plane and just fly in there. I'll Brian pick me up for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for, for, if you haven't gone back and listened to the episodes, it doesn't matter where we pick to meet. Apparently, Russell has a three-hour drive. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two of it's just to get to the freeway. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and even before we started this podcast, the first thing you said is, all right, ladies, let's sit down and get this over with. I want to beat rush hour traffic. <laughs> so. I mean, once I get off the off-ramp, I have to stop and get gas, or I have to at least check my fuel consumption to make sure that I have enough gas to get to my house. Clearly, once he gets off the highway, he turns on find my phone if he, the end of the tracking, <laughs> just in case he gets lost on the way. <laughs> He's got to get a sandwich for the ride home from the oh off ramp to his house. It's, yeah, I, I stopped at the Shell Station to get some chicken. He stops. Yeah. Yeah. Say hi to my buddies at the beach stand. But breweries in Mount Holly, that's cool. That's good because Belmont's got a whole lot of good stuff. Obviously, not quite the scale of Charlotte, Mount Holly, same thing. But breweries expanding there is really cool. OMB, for those who don't know, if you're moving here, OMB's got this massive outdoor spot, uh, huge indoor area as well. Massive outdoor. It's got cornhole, like basically yoga. a bar outside. It's got yoga. It's got <clears throat> food stand. It's got a kids' yeah. and it, playground. It's the Bavarian style, you know, interior like the, the picnic table type yeah. seating and yep. stuff. So it's uh, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's it, the outdoor area is almost as big as the indoor. And when we said there's networking events going on, there's not just like, 
hey, 15 people show up there. They have like networking events. Like going Bank on of America night. might hold an yeah. event there where right. there'd be 250 people show right. up. Yep. And it's not even so OMB is probably the big. I know in terms of beer and distribution, it is the biggest in Charlotte. But location, geographic square foot, if you will, I think it is the biggest. But it's not like it's not crazy. 401 Yancey right down the road. Just six points. But they were, they were there when no one was there. Right. I remember when John bought that property and out of foreclosure. It was in, I think it was 2011. And then they built that and there was nothing. There was no microbrewery scene. And now it is just, Charlotte is synonymous with microbreweries. Yep. And I think they're everywhere too because even in Mooresville, there's three or four now. So we just went to Hop and then there's, God, where's the other one? There's two or three more. But they're all within the last two years that they've yeah. all opened up. That's just a big deal to have four breweries open up in two years in Mooresville. Yeah. And that's, what, 3,800, no, 38,000 Miles people. away. Well, and oh. I think, too, when, <laughs> when you look on the business end of it, they didn't saturate the area because they felt, hey, we can put ours down and knock that guy out. They're basically looking at it, doing the math, and saying, this is a market that's big enough to support another whole brewery, and we all wind up getting our share. It's not perfect, but we all grow and, and, and benefit as a result. And I, well, I think that's the cool part when you think of the business aspect of where uh -huh. it's headed. Yeah, and I think too, it's like anything, you find your spot and that's where you keep going. So you might go to Hoptown, you might go to a few different spots, but if you find that spot you like, you're gonna keep going back to that one. So you're not really gonna steal market, you're just gonna find the one you like the best. Brian, to your point, it's like Legion Brewery went into South Park and they did what's called a percentage lease. And they did a, percent, a percentage lease for those you don't know. It's basically you've got, a, you've got a base rent and then you pay on a percentage of your sales over a certain point. And they agreed to a percentage lease based on a number that they never in a million years thought they could get to. And within six months, they were they had shot right past it. So the bad news is they're paying a lot more rent than they anticipated. Good news is they're paying a lot more rent than they anticipated because their sales are absolutely astronomical. Because they have yeah. really good food at that location, yeah. too. I really like the Legion South Park food. And when I think from a business perspective, with what I do, you guys probably all have a similar take on it. I'm very, when I'm thinking of working with companies that you do some consulting work or coaching with them, I'm, I'm very, I'm almost unaware because it's almost inconsequential who my competition is. And it, it's not that I shouldn't know and be aware of what people are doing. I'm not saying I'm negligent in that way, way but I just see that there's so many businesses coming in. I don't need to worry about the ones that are working with somebody else. I'm more concerned on are the other businesses aware that resource is available. That's more my... So, it just becomes like an education question. At that yeah, point. and it's whatever your business is, if that's the type of market you're in where you look for those kind of you know opportunities, it's how do I educate rather than solely focus on how do I get this person if they're already working with that person. And I do like that about the Charlotte business environment. It's not cutthroat. And I, I don't think it is at the corporate level either. I, no. in, real, in real estate, it might be different. I, it's not. Real estate's always been collegial on the commercial side. To Brian's point, it's, yeah, I'm aware of what my competition is. But for what, I don't think there is competition. And it's not to say that there's not great people in this. There are. But what I specialize in with the middle market is a very neglected segment of the market. Which is why I'm there. But it, it's not zero sum. In yeah. Los Angeles, people played a zero sum game with business. Your success somehow made them feel bad about themselves. And Charlotte isn't that way. People Great. want you to be successful because they get a boost out of your success and seeing it and being a part of your success. It's a little bit, it seems like it's a little bit more of an abundance mentality. There's enough for everybody. 
and I'll focus on what nobody has rather than what you have. And, and that's the crazy part is L.A., there's so much work out there. Tons. You couldn't put enough people out to do all the work that's needed and to do it well, but it's just a different mentality when mm -hmm. you're out here. It's just completely different. There's the realization that everyone does stuff just a little bit different. There's a little bit of flavor that's always different with every company, even if you do the same thing and different verticals that are better at. And that's, I don't know if it's more recognized out here that you can work together and not be enemies or trying to poach someone else's. You can actually just get together, collaborate and put a good product out for somebody and everybody's happy. That's a good point. And it's coming yeah. from the IT guy too, which is obviously the whole lot of areas into IT and in my business too with analytics and whatnot. I have met people that do pretty similar things that I do. I wouldn't say they do the exact same thing, but when I meet somebody like that, I'm excited because it's a partnership opportunity. Yeah. It's not, oh, who do you have? I'm gonna try and poach them. It's not, I'm gonna market over you. I'm gonna have a better, it's just cool. You refer me when it's my game and I'll refer you when it's your game. I, I think it's a good point because going back to that, I think about it first couple times when I was down here running my own business and I got approached by somebody who reasonably does the same thing and they're like, we should put something on together. And I'm like, what's your angle here? We're going to put something together. I'm going to do all the work. You're going to take all the credit. Something like there's got to be something. And the something was, oh, just figured each of us could get 10 people and maybe combined they could get 10 people. And now we've got 30 people in a room that we together would each only get 10. Like, why not? And it's, it actually makes sense. I just don't believe you. And it sounds like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 10% so, of my yeah. salary for what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. I bought a building from someone in December and then my client found a better option. So they wanted to sell the building in February. And I called the broker up who sold it to us. And I'm like, listen, I know there was a bidding war. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a finder's fee if you give me the list of who the other bidders were. No problem. And, and this is a really good sales flyer. Do you mind if I just don't reinvent the wheel, just rebrand it? Yeah, sure. Sent me the PDFs. Sent me to his daughter who does the, his marketing stuff so that she could rebrand it. We had an agreement. Turns out someone else bought it. So I'm like, dude, I definitely lunch on me whenever you want. Nice lunch on me. So it's... Fish tacos? No, definitely not. Did he have to buy the wine? <laughs> yeah, he totally had to buy the wine. I'm not cheap. I, I'm just easy. Um, but yeah, he totally hooked me up and, uh, and we're going to do, and because of that, I'm going to look to do business with him next time. It's right. just so easy. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. I, just this morning, I was talking with somebody who does social media, and she produces like this whole social media calendar and stuff. She, goes, she sent me a template. She was showing me via Zoom, sharing a screen. I said, oh, this is so cool. I got to build something. She said, oh, I'll just send this to you. And I feel so obligated to give her something back now. It's a very like reciprocal calling of culture. You know what There's you should do? Actually, a book that send her one. That. Send her one of your dashboards on Excel with no instructions, and say, "Here, this is a gift to you." <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Jack will give you his work product, but he, you have no idea how to use it. That's where the, that's where the fees come in. Yep. It's called uh, job funny. security. Yeah, there's actually, it's funny you mentioned that because there's actually, I'm reading a book right now, Persuasion, and there is actually a chapter about reciprocity. Yeah. And it is a human instinct to uh, return favors. And it's a great business development technique to help people out because... If you're in a room of 200 people and you do something for them, they'll remember you. And if you just get their business card and give them yours, you're going to be one of maybe 20 or 30 people. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the small business culture in Charlotte. It's very reciprocal. It is very based on helping each other out. It's not cutthroat. Pretty much all of us here have done something or at least talked about doing something together. Mm-hmm. We have a larger group outside of this podcast that same type of thing. It's you form groups and you try and find referral partners and it's all let me help you would help me and tying it all the way back to one of our earlier episodes that russell said this group we're forging that bond what over golf because yep. you said it's either- <laughs> yeah. church or golf absolutely <laughs> no it's true and it might be a function of the fact that charlotte is growing so fast that there does seem to be so much to go around but just this week i had lunch with a buddy of mine who sent me a budget because i'm working on a development project residential development project and he sent me his budget this guy gary talking about you buddy um, drove around with me for four hours when I first moved here to teach me the market. We started up at the university area and we ended in Ballantyne. He's my competition and drove around with me for four hours to teach me the different landlords, different markets, different parts of, of town that I didn't even know existed. Wow. And uh, that is my baseline of what Charlotte is. So oh, it's, it's funny. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's Southern hospitality. I, I, <laughs> neither of us are from the South, but yeah. that's all right. Where I'm from too, like what we would call that is only one of you thinks you're competitors if he's driving <laughs> you around. And little did he know that I had an injector seat. My <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'm glad that healed. Um, that's funny. Yeah. But that's the culture here. It's, it's. I was going to say hand-holding, that's a completely different thing. It's very much, it's just helping each other out. I mean, we ha- held hands for a little while. It was Maybe just really awkward. I let it go eventually. <laughs> Only during the scary parts of town. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Did you let go because you were afraid? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the first one. I don't want to be the first one. <laughs> I almost hear Titanic music in the background. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to get back on track here. Our uh, business. The, yeah. the <laughs> Did we start on track? That's French. the problem. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any idea where the track is? Yeah, we don't have a track. St- it's, it's, it's hilarious because obviously we're not videotaping, but I'm staring at a picture of the Charlotte Motor Speedway. So literally the track. Yeah, it's right there behind us. Let's focus. I, I actually did that this year. I went to the Memorial Day race. Yeah, the Coca-Cola nice. 500. Yeah, that is a loud-ass yeah. racetrack. I've been to the Fontana racetrack, and they're going close to 200. Yeah. I don't know if they're going it's that fast bad. there, but holy crap. By the, I would say, 15 minutes into the race, I was going downstairs looking for earplugs. Oh, yeah. Of course, oh, I yeah. bought four pair, and then immediately everyone took them from me, and I still had none. None. <laughs> I was lucky enough. A buddy of mine races. He's in the Xfinity Series now, but he, he was in the um, NASCAR. And so I got to go down to pit row at what's called the hot pass. The problem is you can't drink. The good news is you're on pit row. They have the, the full racing earmuffs and everything like that. It's pretty neat to watch them do a pit stop from 10 feet away. It's amazing. It's ballet with air guns. It's amazing. Well, the problem is they make you wear pants down there. It's like a no deal. It's pretty much uh, a no deal everywhere you go then, right? <laughs> he means instead of shorts, not like he's running around streaking. I... Thing. No, Brandon, call it Donald Ducky. No. We, <laughs> we, we talked to Brandon early we on in the process in that he had to wear pants. and It was almost a deal breaker, folks. It was bailed <laughs> out. Yep. The, the only bad part is eventually we want to put these on video, so we have to start wearing pants during our podcast. Or so. these shirts. That's what, the, that's what the high top table is for. Yeah. <laughs> You've obviously never seen my senior picture. <laughs> I'm in a suit, tie, and shorts and flip-flops below the waist. That is Southern California personified, folks. There you go. That is hilarious. With uh, minor digression into 
shirtlessness, panslessness, and NASCAR, all related. I think this is pretty good on business. Yeah. Yep. All right. Wrapping just, it up. Is that just what, in yeah. time for me to go? Yeah, not we, sit in rush hour traffic. Yeah. We, we had to get off because Russell needs a two-hour uh, window to be able to get home. <laughs> I gotta so, go. So he's actually taking his headphones off right now. I'm yeah, just kidding, I'm, I'm. I'm actually already <clears> leaving. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode. Again, thank you to the Fox and the Hound in North Lake for the fine food hospitality. So guess we're walking on out of here. So closing.